covers. Um, and next week's theme will be near and far. I'm going to introduce it with like 30 seconds of a Nickelback song called Far Away. So think of your request for next week and then stay tuned for Living Writers after this. My name is DJ Candy. You've been listening to Afternoon Sugar Rush right here on WCBN FM Ann Arbor. Next week is near and far. Here is Nickelback. I'm trolling you with this Nickelback. Woohoo! We're live in the studio with Emmy Kastner. Hello, Emmy. Hey, how are you? I'm good. I'm so glad you're here. <laughs> oh, thank you for having me. So glad you chose the cranberries to start us off. Isn't that a, like a 90s summer feeling? Doesn't it feel like the windows are down? I don't know. It just feels like being a teenager and the world is, I don't know, at your feet. <laughs> is that how you feel today, this July? Yes, 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 yes. Every day. Let's do it. Being a teenager. <laughs> Emmy, you are the author of um, two books uh, from Macmillan Roaring Brook Press. They are in the Nerdy Babies series, which mm-hmm. has launched this year, 2019. Mm-hmm. One is Ocean, or Nerdy Babies Ocean, Nerdy Babies Space. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're so glad that you're here in Ann Arbor with us. I love Ann Arbor. Thank oh. you for having me. Even on Art Fair Week, you're here. Right. I Do you love, love Ann Arbor even on Art Fair Week? Yeah, there's some artsy energy floating around. People yeah. setting up. The fun. heat came. The heat as it does. <laughs> came, yes. As it does. Um, Emmy is a Michigan writer as well. So you made the trip, but not a very, very long trip. You're from Kalamazoo. Yeah, it's not too far. And for our listeners who don't know you or your work yet, I'm going to read the bio in the back of one of these Nerdy Babies books so we can get to know you better. Perfect. And then hopefully you can tell us more about yourself. Emmy Kastner is a former classroom teacher and the co-founder of Read and Write Kalamazoo, also known as Rock. Did I pronounce that right? Yeah. Okay. I wonder about that I know. Everyone wonders. Um, uh, It's a nonprofit devoted to celebrating and amplifying youth voices through creative writing and reading. She lives in Kalamazoo, Michigan with her husband and three kids. I do. You do. <laughs> um, so, Emmy, tell us about these books. Tell us about the Nerdy Babies books and how they came to be in the world. Right. So, I, since I was a kid, I loved to write. I loved to tell stories and draw pictures. And uh, it's something I always wanted to do. I was working on some other actual like ideas for books. And um, a few years ago, my daughter was three, and she was reciting lines as three-year-olds do f- memorizing books and I was thinking like wouldn't that be so cute if she was memorizing like science facts you know like facts about Jupiter's moons or something but, wait what was she repeating and memorizing uh, well like elephant and piggy you know uh-huh. like you know there's a bird on your head and very yeah. perfect and yes. worthy of, of memorization right. <laughs> we do we do and but I was also like trying to I was a science teacher for a handful of years in San Francisco and I was like that part of me, I just wanted to hear some science facts from for kids. And I was like, that would be a great book. And then I was like, oh, someone should write that book. Wait, I should write that book. Because that's stuff I was doing with my students all the time. We were writing comics and books and, you know, in the classroom. And so I was like, that's something I can do. That's in, in the realm of my skill set, I think. <laughs> <laughs> and so that, that started, I started with Nerdy Babies Space. Mm-hmm. 
That was the first one. And how, just like to jump, I want to talk about all of this, the process and more about how you got there, but how was the publishing process for you? Because I understand these books to be not just singles, but part of a, a larger effort. And so when you went out into the world... With or without an agent, I'm not sure. Maybe right. you can speak to that. Right. How did you get people and publishers interested in Nerdy Babies? Right. So it's actually a really, a really fun story. So over the years, I was like Googling who, what children's, uh, you know, agents re- or what agents represent the children's, you know, authors and illustrators that I love. So I did a lot of Googling. I started to like figure out how to get an agent. And so, um, uh, my agent actually started following me on Instagram, magic of social media. A and testament to Emmy's Instagram. <laughs> and yes. so uh, I was doing some stuff for our local bookstore, independent bookstore, BookBug, and she had seen that, so she mm-hmm. started following me. And then there's this thing called Nerd Camp. So there's a lot of like nerdiness happening here. <laughs> and so I went with my friends who have the bookstore, and I was helping them sell books, and my agent was doing um, uh, like a session. So I was like, oh, I should go to that. I got really like clammy at like, should I say something? It feels weird to be like, I think we follow each other on Instagram. <laughs> it's an awkward It moment. is awkward. <laughs> but I was like, you know, I'm just going to do it. And then we sat down and I had this idea for Nerdy Baby Space. And she's like, do you have any work with you? And I was like, ta-da. I pulled my digital portfolio out of my bag and Good we job. sat down for like 90 minutes and I was just telling her about the series and about my background and just where I thought, well, it was one book, but in my head, I was like, wouldn't this be a great series? And so that's how I found my agent. And from there, um, we, she, you know, took it out in submission and I had no idea about this process, about what that, like, how do you find a publishing house? And, Mm -hmm. you know, and so she was wonderful and led me through the process and we went on submission and I had no idea how long of a process that was going to be. And I think it was like a week or two. And I got a call from her that was like, are you sitting down? Which (laughs) felt really dramatic. I was like, do people say that in real life? And I was like, I guess. And I, and, um, I was like, yes, I'm sitting down. And then the question is, did you sit? And then I did. I sat down and I was like, Ooh, and she told me that there were like a handful of publishing houses that were interested. And I just didn't know what, how to process that. I was like, what does that mean? And who? Like Jerry's Basement Books. I had no idea of like who. And it was uh-huh. like, you know, big publishing Actual houses. Actual publishers. Actual, yeah, yes. that, want, that were interested. And so she said. And was, rightly so. And she These said it was going to go to books. auction. Thank you so much. That's so kind. So there's just so many, so much, so much Googling. I was like, what does that mean when a book? I mean, I know what an auction is, but like a book yeah. auction, what does that look like? Mm-hmm. So it was a whirlwind. I got to speak with a lot of art directors and different publishing houses and hear their vision for, you know, because we pitched it as like a potential series and where they saw it going and my editor at Macmillan, she's from Grand Rapids originally. We had oh a little Michigan connection. <laughs> you have to love that. I know, right? And so we just really hit it off, and she really had the same sort of vision of what I wanted the series to be and what she mm-hmm. thought it could be and what she could bring to the table. And and, and that's it. it. And that's it, yeah. Amy Kastner, published author. <laughs> this is Living Writers on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor, and I'm Amanda Yuli, your host today. We're speaking to Emmy Kastner, who is author and illustrator of Nerdy Babies Ocean and Nerdy Babies Space, mm-hmm. soon to be more nerdy babies yes. in the world. Yes. Um, thanks a lot for being here, Emmy. I'm so grateful.
well, fun to talk about books with you. <laughs> it is fun to talk about books. So you referenced when we were speaking before about the sort of your learning about the publishing process yeah. as these books were coming into yeah. being. Yeah. Um, but you weren't in publishing before. You were in something else. Right. Education. I was. Talk about that. So I um, graduated from Western Michigan University, and my de- my degree is in secondary education, English, and earth science. And so um, I, d- I changed my major like seven times in college. I wanted to do everything. I started out with like a journalism, uh, you know, major, and it just kind of transitioned into teaching. And so, yeah, I graduated. I taught in Battle Creek for a couple years in an alternative high school, taught English, high school English there. Mm -hmm. And then my husband, well, he was my boyfriend at the time, we decided to move to San Francisco to take a break from snow. Mm-hmm. And so there I taught high school science, biology, and integrated science for five years while we lived out there. That was high school as well? Yes, high school. Uh-huh. Yeah. And it felt like the high school you see in movies, you know, like everything's like this open campus outside. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> what high school was it in San Francisco? Um, I taught at El Camino High School in South San Francisco. Uh-huh. And so, yeah, it was wonderful. It was like one of my favorite jobs ever. I loved it so much. You've had a few different jobs. I mean, yeah. to me, teaching high school English and teaching high school science are actually pretty different jobs, right? Oh, yeah. I have not taught in the classroom myself. But. Right, right. Completely different. But also, you know, I would bring in picture books and I would bring in writing to my science class. And so I feel like it's such a beautiful combination. Um, so my students are like, what is this English class? You know, and I'm like, no, it's science, but we're going to write stories. We're going to, you know, write about what we're learning. So it was fun. It was a fun, like it works together well. I think they complement each other. Yeah. I think you mentioned before too, um, comics in your yeah. science classroom. Yeah. It's yeah. not every science teacher that brings comics. Right. And I I just, I'm such a visual learner too. So I love to like draw pictures to like get across the point. And so, and I had so many students that loved to draw or love to tell stories and we'd like partner people up and it was just really fun. Um, we'd make these little mini picture books too, to like, you know, talk about acids and bases or something. And so my teacher's that I worked with would be like, you need to write books. Like you need, this needs to be like kids books. I was like, Oh yeah. Someday. So this idea has <laughs> been in your mind for some time. Right. I think, yeah, the, the seed of it was planted a long time ago. Well, it, it sounds like you started out with journalism in mind. So writing right. Right. in mind. Yes. Always. <laughs> I'd love for you to talk about, I mean, it seems like some of what you're saying is, um, it speaks to what I know you and I share, which yeah. is this idea that, um, young people learn and grow in, very extraordinary ways when they can write and read about yes. experiences in the classroom and otherwise. Yes. So um, that's a theme of your career and your life, right? Yes. Fair yes. to say. Yes. Always wanting the, the, that desire, like when I'm working with students, like in the classroom, when I'm writing for students, even, you know, it's all about, you know, setting them up as experts, you know, like it's so easy to dismiss youth voices as like, oh, you haven't lived, you don't know, like, Mm -hmm. you know, I've lived life and I'm older and I know things, you know, but, but really like giving them the tools and, and, you know, the platform to be heard and to be celebrated in any sort of, you know, whether it be in the classroom, outside the classroom, that's just like a running theme through, through my professional career and also my life, like just being a kid 
it was times when I was heard or an adult, you know, saw me and gave me like, oh, I see you love to write. What are we going to do about that? You know, like, how can I help you do that better um, for my parents and teachers? And so mm-hmm. I feel like it's just it's so theme. much. It's about adults listening. Right. 100%. Which which upends the the traditional model of education, which is one adult talking yes. in front of a bunch of kids yes. sitting who are supposed to be listening. Um, but that takes away engagement from so many young people. Oh, yeah. Right? I, even as an adult, it's so when someone comes at me like I know the answers and I'm going to tell you that is so repulsive to me. Like it's not <laughs> I mean, it's one thing to be collaborative. And yes, people have answers and they bring them to you. But um, yeah, it's like, I don't know. I never thought that I'm the person with the knowledge that needs to impart it on you. It was, you know, the collective experience of learning together, I guess. And that spirit is certainly present in your books. Yeah. The Nerdy Baby series. Yay! Yay, Nerdy Babies! <laughs> I'm dying. I actually, I could have researched this, but I didn't right. research Good. what the next ones are in the oh, series yeah. because I want to, yeah. I want to hear it for the first time right. on the air Here on we WCBN <laughs> FM Living Writers, but we're going to take um, a break yes. in a moment and hear another one of these great songs that you chose for us. Thank you. Um, and then we'll hear from you about the future of the series. I'd actually love it if you would spend a few minutes reading some oh, of I'd one so our listeners can kind of can kind of hear it so that's all to come but first maggie rogers yay <laughs> would you believe me now if i told you i got caught up in a wave almost gave it away would you hear me out if i told you i was terrified for days thought i was gonna break oh back on Living Writers. This is Amanda Uli, your host today. We are ably helped here at the board by Frank Uli, our engineer for the day. <laughs> um, and we're speaking to Emmy Kastner, who is writer, author, and illustrator of the Nerdy Babies series. And I think, um, I think it makes sense. We've talked so much about these books already. Right. I think it makes sense for our listeners to hear them and hear the words. Great. And then we need to also talk about the art because oh, yeah. the words are only part of it, but <laughs> an important part. So do, would you like to, which one are you going to read for us? Um, let's start, like I'll like, uh, uh, nerdy Babies Ocean. Let's start with that. Right. Okay. Hey there, Nerdy Babies. Do you ever wonder about the ocean? You probably do. You're curious. See that blue stuff on Earth? And we have like a little illustration of Earth with some arrows. <laughs> so we've got a little arrow. Green stuff, land, blue stuff, ocean. Off the coasts swirling between each continent on our planet, you'll find the ocean. 
kind of give you a little side thing too. There's an illustration here of a little whale tail, and this is the Farallone Islands. When I was teaching in San Francisco, I got to take a research vessel out there. It oh. was fun. Okay. Side so note. <laughs> Most of our plant is covered in salt water. That's not the kind we drink. Some animals live on the shore and find food in the ocean. At the surface, you may find animals peeking up who need air to breathe or a place to sleep. The water is warmed by the sun, and the baby's wondering what's down there. <laughs> Just below the surface, you'll find plants and animals that need light from the sun to live and grow. And I love this spread. It's like full color, full. Um, it's a... Uh, the coral reef and you'll see this little baby swimming and she says you can see this reef from the moon so many fish should i keep going um i think you can how about read like two more pages yeah, yeah. and then we'll talk yeah more a little deeper marine life is on the move animals migrate all over the world there's plenty to eat along the way so in this spread there's like three different layers the deeper you go and you can see different animals and why they're migrating and what they're eating along the way so you have like a leatherback sea turtle they eat lion's mane jellyfish we have a blue marlin following some mackerel and a gray whale who's heading south for the winter there's a big cloud of krill so what our listeners can't see, right. what they can hear, um, your beautiful words, but what they can't see is that every spread in these books is designed differently right. and is sort of complex in the right ways. And also, um, I think it's, it's perfectly age appropriate. This is for like three to six. Is that right? Yeah. I mean, they're good for like babies they come in board books too so Macmillan was really excited and they actually released them together simultaneously in board book and picture book form because it's really a book that can grow with mm -hmm. little ones like it's fun and colorful and engaging for you know the zero to three set but there's like real science that's spurring real questions so like you're saying like three to six it's really exciting stuff. or older yeah yeah my daughter's nine and she likes these books so. right my, I, I feel like my kids are biased my son's nine and you know he of course your kids like your books please <laughs> um no but the the layout and the design of the books is really beautiful too and you're you're the book's illustrator but did yeah. you work with an art director at Macmillan to put the pages together? Yeah. So I worked my editor and then there's a book designer and then myself. And so the three of us kind of pieced it together. I came with it with a, a pretty clear idea of like the visual story I wanted to tell and sort of the varied, like, you know, some, some pages are spot illustrations and some pages are like full bleed, full color. So I kind of had that within the, the dummy. Art notes yeah, kind of thing. yeah. Yeah. And so they were able to kind of see that and we all just went from there. Then were they on board with your artistic vision? It sounds like they were. Yeah. I mean, and there's always, it, I, I am such a collaborative person by nature. So I, I love feedback. I love like critique. I love discussing things. I do not you know, cringe at hearing someone talk about anything in any sort of critical way. I'm like, Ooh, <laughs> tell me more. Let's talk. Um, so it was actually a really fun process. And like, Places where there were holes or it didn't quite work, you know, I loved working through it with them. So the spread we just read about the different animals migrating, that this looked like three different ways, mm -hmm. you know, and um, so it was really fun to like 
finally land on this and then sharing it and then being like, oh, yes, this hits what we wanted. So I yeah. like what you said about being a collaborative person, knowing you in real life, which yeah. is probably obvious to our listeners right. that I really know you, <laughs> not True. just today. Yeah. Um, but knowing you, I know you to be very collaborative and open right. kind of person. But how did you maybe you on that note could talk about how you uh, worked with your editor and with any edits you received on the art? Because you must have received some text notes on yeah. the books. Yeah as well as art notes. Yeah, and it's really interesting. I mean, this is all I've known as far as working with both the text and the art and how and how much those really complement each other and how notes are kind of fused, you know, hearing a note on the art is ultimately also hearing a note on the text or like the length of the text. And, you know, cause in the books too, there's a lot of little, there's like dialogue bubbles and there's little blurbs with the little extra facts and information. It's so well integrated. Yes. I wanted to mention that. So it's that. that kind of stuff that like, what are we putting in there? That's visual. And what are we putting in there? That's the text and like that sort of balance. And that really, so we started with the space book actually and that really was like building kind of like the nerdy baby's visual world like how do we what are our components like we use dialogue we use like informational like illustration you know text but the, mm -hmm. you know well, so you like typeset text yes you have word bubbles is yes. that the right yep. I don't, yes, I word think bubbles. It's, a, it's I think like the little the thing. thing yeah, with it, yeah. little dialogue um, And then you have handwritten text that's yeah. um, part of it too. Yeah. And some pages, you know, it felt like too much. And, and then always, you know, thinking about... It's so funny because it's taking like these big science, like scientific ideas and trying to distill them down to like digestible information and really like a springboard of, you know, the concept. Mm -hmm. Uh it's like I always wanted. So this is where my editor really came in uh, because I always wanted to explain more like takes. And we're <laughs> yeah. like, right, this is a picture book for very early readers. And so what does that look like? You know, they don't need to know all the science Everything. behind it. And hopefully the whole thing is like it is spurring kids to ask questions. More research. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. a start. Yeah. They are babies after all. Right. 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 And that's the thing, too. Like we one thing we struggled with very early on was like, is that sort of isolating having like babies in the title? Because, you know, like little ones, like I'm not a baby. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so that's, it's, I don't know, just so much thought like for a, for a, like, and I don't mean this to like knock my own book, but like for a simple sort of book, you know, so much thought and so planning goes and like books. every single, you know, detail has been like, I don't think, I, I think some people don't realize what goes into a picture book right? because they can just be only 32 oh, yeah. pages yeah. and sometimes they're only 100 words or 200 yeah. words. Yeah. And I think people can look at those, but the way they look at, um, or the way some people look at abstract contemporary art and say, I, I can, can do, do that. that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And it's so much more complicated that a right. well executed picture book is so very complex. Right. You're thinking about page turns. You're thinking about audience. You're thinking about, I don't know, Visuals. so much. Yeah. Everything. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so you were doing all of that and teaching science right. at so, the same time. Right. So during, during the making of this book, I was, uh, when we left San Francisco, came to back to Kalamazoo, um, we had our son. And so I 
staying home with him for a while and just getting our bearings back in the college town that we were in, mm-hmm. but now as like parents. So that was a interesting shift, you know, and the town right. had grown in really exciting ways. And there's the Kalamazoo Promise, which is wonderful. So kids who go Tell about that. to Kalamazoo Public Schools, um, if you go there K through 12, you get free college so any school so incredible it's changed lives i mean believe it i just want you to say it again i know free college it's so beautiful and and then the community has really rallied to support students and to ready them because the truth is you know Students were graduating and this and for some students college was not an option financially or you know There's so many different factors in in making college a real tangible thing And so now that the financial part was taken care of so many students could go to college But they weren't necessarily ready for college and so like our community in Kalamazoo like people have really rallied to like What can we do to make sure students are ready and that you know? So being back in Kalamazoo, we, um, my friend Anne and I, Anne Hensley and I started Read and Write Kalamazoo. I want to talk so much more about that after the next break. Read and Write Kalamazoo is a writing and tutoring center for school-age students, right? Yeah. Inspired by 826. 826, (laughs) which we know so well. Yes. Um, Well, we are speaking to Emmy Kastner here. She is author and illustrator of the Nerdy Babies series of picture books. Ocean and Space are out now. They were out in May 2019. Yes. Yes. what are the next ones, Emmy? Yes, they are. Drum roll. No, um, okay. they I'm are. Ready. I'm uh, sitting down. Weather, weather. It's really fun. I had Terrific. so much fun. And um, rocks. Oh wow! And so, up until recently, it was Earth. And it was not rocks. It was mm-hmm. Earth. But trying to. It felt really like a nuanced thing. Like we're talking about earth beneath your feet, not like the planet earth in its entirety. And so I would find myself explaining that to people like earth, like geology and rocks. So finally my editor and I are like, how about rocks? How about rocks? <laughs> uh, well, why don't we just call it that? That makes a lot more sense. Yeah. And when so, did those come out? So those come out um, next spring in 2020, Very good. April or May. I don't know the date yet, but I'll ask you again. Spring. Okay. <laughs> Spring, weather and rocks. Very good. Um, I'm Amanda Yuli. This is Living Writers. We're on WCBN FM Ann Arbor. And I think it's time for another song that you chose for us. Nice. What did you choose next? Marvin Gaye. Wait, Emmy. Yeah. First, we've been from the Cranberries (laughs) to to, uh, Maggie Rogers and now Marvin Gaye. Tell more about how you chose these songs before we hear Marvin Gaye and Tammy Terrell. Well, I love music and my, I grew up my parents love music too. And I think growing up on this side of the state in proximity of like Motown and it's just kind of like in our, all of our, you know, consciousness. Yes. <laughs> and so I just love that song. I think there is magic in the harmony between Marvin Gaye and Tammy Terrell. My husband and I at our wedding, we walked after we were like, after the ceremony, we walked mm-hmm. down from the aisle to that song. Oh, what a nice personal connection you have to that song. (laughs) Yeah, it's always special. Let's hear it.
ain't nothing like the real thing. <laughs> True. <laughs> Emmy Kastner is joining us here today on Living Writers. I'm Amanda Yuli, your host today. And Emmy is an author and an illustrator. And I want to talk more about your art. Yeah. Um, that is the shame of radio. That we have spent 30 minutes talking right. about these beautiful books, which are, uh, we've only talked about half of it, right. less than half of it. Right. Because uh, the art is beautiful. And I'd love to know, um, you know, more so... Uh, more than just about uh, the art that you did with these books, yeah. but you must have been practicing as an artist and an illustrator for some time. Yeah. How did that start for you? I mean, I since I was a kid, like I said, I really loved to write, but I really loved to draw. And it was always this... It felt like a, a secret thing. Like, I think I always had the standard of, like, what an artist is. And in my head, it was very, like, realistic, you know, drawing. And I just wasn't great at that. So I would just draw in my own little way. And it's funny that, I, yeah, I would just kind of keep a secret. And my dad, one Christmas, he got me like this beautiful set of like pencils, like drawing pencils. And, uh, and I was like shocked. He was like, I just noticed you like to draw. And I was like, oh my gosh, he's seen. <laughs> <laughs> but it was that oh. thing of like, oh, you're doing a thing all the time. People notice. Okay. Mm -hmm. But even so, like I wanted to like... I never, like, I almost wanted to major in, like, art. And then I was like, ah, oh, that makes me nervous. I don't know. I'm not that good. <laughs> what is like, that? You know, just, like, the imposter syndrome. Like, no, I, other people are better. Like, I probably. And I was like, I, maybe I should be an art teacher. I don't know. I've been all over the place. But for me, it was always something, even as an adult, that I was constantly doing. And when I first started to write a couple of different books in my head, picture books, um, I my thought was, like, I would just sell it as a manuscript and someone else would illustrate it. Mm -hmm. Which I've, is actually more standard in publishing. Right. Right. And I was like, that's probably someone's better. Someone else can uh. do it. <laughs> yeah. But actually I think there's no one else that could make these nerdy babies. The Seriously. children in the book are so perfectly fitting to the text because they all have these curious looks on their little faces. Right. Um, which is very baby like babies. Right. Do those faces. They do. Capture and little that. poses that they do. I mean, I was just paying attention. In the ocean book, there's this little baby that's like kind of on all fours looking at a toy. Mm -hmm. And I've just stared at my kids doing stuff like that. <laughs> try to, you know, yeah. recreate that. The babies are well captured in yeah. their gestures. The yeah. rump in the air kind yeah. of baby look. <laughs> yeah. um, but they have big heads and cute eyes. They and do. They're very expressionistic. Right. And trying to keep that simple and like, yeah, trying to design this nerdy baby's world and making it colorful and sort of clean and simple in that way. I don't know. And so the nerdy babies, when you went to your agent, you had your artwork. These were always conceived of as part of your, as part of the vision that you would illustrate it. Is that what you, yeah, you said? Yeah. yeah. So at this point, when I had the nerdy babies, I was like, yeah, I feel like I could do it. Mm -hmm. I could illustrate this too. And so early, like when I showed my agent, I had like a full dummy, like sketched out of the whole book. And then I had a couple like color, full color spreads. So mm -hmm. she saw what I had intended. And I told her, I was like, you know, maybe, I don't know, maybe I shouldn't. And she's like, what? No, no, no. no. These are, yeah. And, and so, oh, oh, please. Oh, sorry. And so just to add on to that, just the thing of, um, with the art and the process of like, yes, I have these nerd, like this book I'm working on. And then I was like, you know, I want to be very intentional and I keep like books kept on getting the creative aspect was like, 
pushed on the back burner. And so I was uh, busy of kids and, and, you know, running a writing center. And I would just like push that away. But in 2017, things felt a little wild and crazy in the world. They and did. I, and I was like... You know, I just want to put something creative out every day. I want to hold myself accountable, make the sacrifice. Maybe I'm not watching as much TV or, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever it is going out. I don't know. Um, I'm just going to make the time every day to post an illustration. So I started like Instagram and I was like, I'm going to do this every day. And that kind of changed the game for me. (laughs) Well, the discipline of adding that to your life and just saying that it's important to do. Yeah. I think I hear so many artists and writers talk about how important that is. Yeah. Because why is it so hard to procrastinate on doing creative stuff? I know. I think it feels indulgent. It feels selfish in a way, maybe subconsciously, you know, like the act of doing something, you know, when there's so much to do in the world and, you know, when you're a parent, you're a parent or whatever. Exactly. And that's the first, that's the easiest thing that and exercising to (laughs) to like push on the back burner and be like, ah, tomorrow. You know, so just that discipline. And I didn't Uh and I didn't realize how well how quickly I got used to that creative thing. I was like, Oh yes, I need this. This actually I feel like I'm a better parent, I'm a better employee, I'm a better boss, I'm a better friend, you know, Mm -hmm. when I have that creative outlet. And then I started hearing feedback from people saying, Hey, the world feels wild and I look forward to seeing your art every day. And I was like, What? So it's like that vulnerable act of putting yourself out there but then it's like oh wow it doesn't feel selfish it feels nice it feels important (laughs) yeah how much time do you spend making art these days so this is my full-time job now which is wonderful and a big shift because these books were like created in the wee hours of the night and (laughs) in the dark and so well you had a full-time well I had a full-time job and you know three kids and so now this is my full-time job. So it's during the day when the kids are at preschool and school. And so, yeah, it's it's weird, though, adjusting and figuring out what that creative day looks like. Clocking and, into it exactly. must be a lot different. Exactly. So I have to have, like, a routine. Like, I just try to start with something artistic and creative. Maybe it's not attached to a project. Maybe it's just me spending some time painting or whatever that looks like. Even if it's, you know, half an hour, I like to start my days with the, that creative moment. Words to live by. Yeah. Yes. I wish we all did that <laughs> I know, or right? could do that. Yeah. Yes. So um, why don't we talk a little bit about the art itself and yeah. the media you use and how you put things together? Because again, radio. Right. <laughs> we, we, right. People can't see these books. So, so tell us about um, how you make these pages. Yeah. So it was actually a, a pretty wild thing. So at the time, um, I I love to paint. So I use like gouache and color pencil. Um, and that's very time consuming, you know, when you're going through iterations of something. And so in the time that we had submitted it, um, I got like an iPad Pro and an Apple Pencil. Mm-hmm. And I was skeptical because I was like, uh, I don't know, how is this going to recreate replicate you know like traditional media for me and turns out technology is pretty magical (laughs) and can really you know do the same not the same thing but similar um work that I was doing painting so these books are digital I mean I start by sketching them all by hand and laying them out that way and then as far as like coloring them 
I do that digitally with these, which felt very weird and new, um, mm-hmm. even though these are my first books. But you know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah. just using digital stuff um, was exciting. But yeah. So then, so, so- yeah, there are magical... <laughs> It's not magic, but it's digital magic. It's digital yeah. magic. The fact that like, yeah, I find different, you know, pencils and pens and paintbrushes that simulate traditional stuff. And then how, as an artist, how is that process different or the same for you? Like, do you get the same kind of serenity or creative I charge from using the tablet thing? Yeah. It's you funny. Do? I, well, it's just different. It feels creative in the same way, yeah. but it's also, you know, getting used to this new thing, but it is, it's fun. And then you get used to things like being able to like s- swipe with a couple fingers and erase a line you just made. <laughs> and sometimes I'll like go to like, you know, a painting or with colored pencil and I'll like, oh, I can't <laughs> swipe that line away. <laughs> What's happening? So I kind of blur uh-huh. um, them. And sometimes a lot of what I'm doing too, I'll do things traditionally and then I'll scan it in and do some like lettering or something digitally. Um, but yeah, it, it's just like a different kind of, of creative process. And and just as far as like speed goes, it's, it's kind of revolutionized. Kind of yeah. 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 I'm able yeah. to kind of do things quicker. So when I, when we got the books, they're released two at a time. So I had like a small window to kind of tackle the first two books. Mm-hmm. And, um, I definitely could not have done that in the short sort of time frame we had at first, um, were it not for digital. And that's why I went digital for these books. Yeah. Great. (laughs) And you know, I didn't get, um, I I know something about your studio setup and how you work. You don't work in your home. You have your own separate studio, which is also new, which is also new because you, you have a full-time job doing this now. Yeah. 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 So we, we have a little coffee shop, um, called factory coffee. And, uh, so that's downstairs. Our friends have a ceramic studio. And so that's in the basement of this building. And, uh, and then my studio is above that. It has like an open floor. So sometimes there's like yoga happening while I'm painting, which in is the pretty calming to upstairs? watch. Yeah. In this oh. big like open floor. And if you get over the fact like, oh, I should be doing that too. <laughs> You're like, it's kind of calming watching people do yoga uh-huh. while I'm painting. It's You're a painting. very tranquil top floors some days. But yeah, we had that building. We, mm-hmm. that's where rock started. So read and write Kalamazoo, the writing center. That my friend and I started. I'd like you to talk more about that. Yeah. So kind of back to like the um, Kalamazoo Promise free free, uh, college for anybody who goes to Kalamazoo Public Schools. Um, My friend and I were like, oh, someday. I was like, have you heard of 826? Because I was like living in San Francisco. I just knew a lot about it. I had friends who volunteered there. And I was Mm -hmm. like, this place seems magical. Kalamazoo needs something like that. And we're like, oh, someday we should do that. Something like that in Kalamazoo. And then we had a friend's daughter who was like, I want like a cool place to write over the summer. Like there's a couple other programs and I don't really know, but I just like want like a place I can just work on some stuff with some writers who could like help me and and I were like oh we could probably do that that's and what that thing is and that's what that is and then a, a, our local like neighborhood association they had some grants available for you know the neighborhood to like do cool things with and we're like huh and it all just kind of came together and we're like we keep saying someday we should do that writing center what if we just did that 
a small version of that this summer. So we started mm-hmm. with just two weeks of like kind of full week writing workshops. So we had a middle school one and a high school one. Mm-hmm. And we just wrote different genres every day and kind of played around and did fun writing activities with the with the um, goal at the end of the week that they would submit a couple pieces of writing to publish with us. And so that first summer we published a book uh, with all the participants and we had a big reading at BookBug. And people are like, this is amazing. This is wonderful. Keep going. What's next? You know, and we were like, I was like, well, we could do something during the school year, you know? And so we had this building. My husband got it. He has, uh, works on like vintage mopeds and he had it for his warehouse. And we were like, I bet if we just were there, we could host workshops and we could have like themed workshops. So we started Mm -hmm. calling them thematic workshops. And how did your husband feel about the moped workshop being taken over by youth (laughs) writers? Right. So he was was, fine. Well, we kind of like section things off. So we were in one part of the building and he was in this big warehouse part. So his stuff was not at a loss. It was just like a big empty space. I was like, it's empty anyhow. So I'm going to use it. (laughs) How long had you been out of the classroom at this point? Oh, let's see here. Two, like two years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sort of settling into Michigan. I was, yeah. uh, And I was just kind of like, yeah, kind of regaining ground there. But I really missed writing with students. And I love, I love teaching, but there, I I still wanted some like independence to like be not full time quite yet. And so Mm -hmm. I was like, I could just work on this. So Anne kind of took over as far as like the grant end of things went at the beginning and writing grants and finding money. And I was like, and I'll just do all the programming. And so the two of us were running it by ourselves thing. for a while. And then we just grew. Yeah. Yeah. And Rock is part of um, a network of many, many youth writing centers around the country and around the world. Yes. There are something like 66 of them. I, kn- I always qualify so cool. that number because there are, it's like ever fluctuating. It is. It is. Um, and these are organizations in these communities that are, you know, they're kind of precarious. They're, they, yeah. they work because people like you. Right. Jump in your volunteers. I'm sure you had dozens, if not hundreds of volunteers and donors and families all coming together and making something happen. So it's pretty inspiring and great. And and just that notion of like starting small, because I mean, we, we were looking at 826 like, oh my gosh, we want the storefront. We want the writing center. We want hundreds of volunteers, you know, but just the two of us looking at each other like. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> and so then it was like getting a friend who's a writer to be like, you want to volunteer this week and you'll get free lunch all week. <laughs> and then it's like friends, kids, like give us your kids this week, you know? Yeah. And so free food is, a, is the fuel for the, free, all of these writing centers. Right? Donuts, like, it's hot I mean, outside. Yeah. Come in the AC. We'll feed you. And then a couple of people, you know, were like a little, like, I don't know. I don't know how well I'm like good at like working with kids, mm-hmm. but then like writing alongside them. And we built sort of like our mantra of like what it looks like to be a volunteer and, you know, really taking out sort of the hierarchy of the classroom. And like, we're writing alongside students and we're sh- workshopping our work along with them. And so quickly volunteers were always like, oh my gosh, this is great. I, I want more, you know, I'm going to tell my friends. I'm like, please do. (laughs) And that's how it goes. And now um, that organization, you're no longer the executive director, but that organization has a storefront and a space. Yeah. 
So it's like probably lots of students and lots of volunteers and donors. And it is it's pretty wild to see the way it's grown. And it's really fun to hear, like, someone told me about rock recently. Uh, and I was like, oh, yeah, I, I know rock very well. Yeah. And they're just like, oh, it's you. <laughs> and so it was a fun That's a thing. Good feeling. Yeah. A minute ago, you said you had, you missed writing with students. Yeah. I loved that you phrased it that way and yeah. that you said it wasn't that you missed being with students yeah. or that you missed writing yourself. Yeah. It was just writing with students. Yeah. What about it did you miss? I just missed that sort of you know the, the the process of like seeing the idea hearing the idea and i always love the process of like okay the student has a story and they'll tell you all about it and it's like this detailed thing and then it's like let's write it down and they're like oh i'm like just write down exactly what you said you know it's that like learning how to do that and so so often too i was like i'll you know I'll dictate it to me. Tell mm -hmm. me the story. I'll write it down. Because kids talk all day they long. They love to talk. And they make up stories all day long. 100%. And so, like... It's not a big leap. I just miss, like, that those moments. And then, like, can I read to you what you just... The story you just told? And then, like, seeing it on paper. And kids always being like, I, I wrote that? Yeah. Sliding it over. <laughs> like, I wrote that. And that process of, like, I mean, you know teaching about revision and what that looks like and it feels like a chore to so many kids but like getting mm -hmm. to a point too when you're writing with students who you know they're excited to like oh oh that's a good idea or giving each other ideas i just love that that environment well there's something of that spirit in your books i i think for i sure. hope so yeah for sure <laughs> it's about young people discovering things for themselves and though you are covering very sophisticated topics right. you do have people in diapers right. that are <laughs> they are crawling and reading these books yeah. and having the books read to them, which yeah. is equally important. So uh, beautiful books. Emmy Kastner is author of the Nerdy Baby series, Space and Ocean. Oceans? Ocean? Please tell me. Ocean. Ocean. <laughs> I had to look. Did you have to look? <laughs> um, Emmy, it's nice to have you here on Living Writers. Thank We're you We're so going to hear one more of the songs that you chose for us. Cool. Um, what, what did you choose next? Cranes in the Sky. Yeah. Oh, oh. Such a beautiful song. <laughs> Talk soon, Emmy. Okay.
This is Living Writers on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. I'm Amanda Uli, your host today, and we're speaking to Emmy Kastner about nerdy babies and about science. Mm-hmm. And so, Emmy, you were a classroom science teacher for yeah. some part of your career, mm-hmm. and I imagine that's where some of the information that yeah. you've infused into these books comes from. Yeah. But I wonder, I'm sure you did some more research. I, I did. about that. I did. How did you do that? So really, for each book, I kind of start with a framework of like, you know, what is the sort of journey through the book? Um, so like in the ocean book, we're going from like the top of the ocean down to the bottom. In the solar, in the space book, we're going, we're starting on Earth where it's familiar and then going outward through the solar system. And so from there, like, I love weird little science facts. And so I would always be like, okay, what kind of information do I want to share? Like, I, I just think it's so fun to talk about things like, you know, there's no sound in space. And so even as an adult, like, wow, that's so wild to think about. Thank you for saying that. And why didn't I ask you more science facts <laughs> like that earlier in the show? Go on, go so on. So there's like I all these little like, you know, things that are floating mm-hmm. in the back of my head that are like really fun little, you know, pocket sized things that like a young reader could like take and go share. Like I've done school visits and it's fun to be like, talk about it beforehand. Like you Pick one little pocket-sized, you know, fact to take, and you're going to go tell someone that today. And they're all really excited to, like, tell me what their fact is, which it's fun you to know. You wrote the books. Right, so you right. Know I'm the facts, like, oh, yeah, good. I did know that. But, like, so, like, in each of them, there's, like, the supplementary sort of fun facts like mm-hmm. that. But as far as research goes... I mean, some of those facts I'm, I'm researching, I'm reading books, I'm, you know, doing online research and then also talking to, to friends and scientists in the field and like, you know, friends who I know that like, you know, teach at different levels and like, you know, so it's, uh, kind of like a collaborative (laughs) research (laughs) endeavor, um, but it's fun, like mapping out that journey for each book. Well, I want to ask you how the books were received, but I think that I need to start more specifically and say, yeah. how do scientists receive your book? Right. So this is... Are, are they into it? This is really fun. So I um, I follow a lot of like scientists on like Twitter and social media and stuff. And um, I think now is a very important time to be mm-hmm. listening to what scientists are telling us about the world around us. And, but I wanted these books too, to be books that like scientists would approve of and want to give people, you know? So I reached out to a lot of the scientists that I'm, that I'm like following. Um, and it's been really fun to hear that Yes, they like them. And, and, and really like, so this cast of nerdy babies, I hope it reflects, you know, young readers, identities all over the world. And I know that like in the science community, um, there are people of color, there are women that like are voices in the science community that like, I want heard and I want to hear from and the world needs to hear from. So it's those people who I'm reaching out to and asking for their Input, but also like their baby pictures. <laughs> so, because it's really, really fun to show readers the pictures of like real scientists as babies. I draw the little nerdy glasses on them so they're like cohesive well, within the world. It's your author photo, right? right? Yeah, yeah. So, I'm sharing the fo- my author photo with the glasses and yeah. saying, like, Can I have your baby picture so I can do this? And the, the outpouring of of like, especially like female scientists who are reaching out and, and sending me their photos and telling me like how they needed books like this when they were little and how excited they are about these books existing in the world and celebrating, you know, 
the work that they're doing. So it's fun to share that with young readers. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> and how are young readers receiving the book? Are you finding like the the baby crowd, the board book crowd right. is into it equally I as mean, much as elementary school? It is really fun to see babies with these books. And that's something that like it's I'm like this is never going to get old. This is never going to not be <laughs> thrilling when like someone I don't know is still showing me a picture of their baby like looking at the book or pointing or engaging mm-hmm. or chewing on it even. It's cute. Yeah. Um but it is fun like the older, you know, readers too are drawing me pictures and, you know, letting me know facts about the ocean or space that they, you know, would make a book about and so stuff you miss our yeah. kids coming up oh, and oh like, my gosh <laughs> I, so mcmillan just bought dinosaurs and transportation too oh so those will be coming out 2021 you, you kind of left that I out did, i did i did so i'm turning in rocks and weather well those are you know in the process and then up down the pike is transportation and dinosaurs and i'm like nervous kids know a lot about dinosaurs yeah you better watch <laughs> i out. have to like get, my husband's like obsessed he's like you know they have to have some have feathers you don't see that in baby books so there's a lot Start of research now, that's good <laughs> that's gonna yeah you need to, yeah you need to work on that you need to be sure yeah um that's great well i was going to ask you what you're working on and what you're writing now and it sounds like that's what it is yeah so tell me what you're reading I always ask our our writers um to talk about what they're reading and I think I'll extend that because I know you have children in your house so maybe you could talk about what your children are reading yeah and what you're reading and whether it's the same stuff well it's fun I mean I I just love picture books so much and even if I didn't have kids I would still be buying them and loving them and um my I'll try to think of the different kids so Jack he's nine He's, you know, cruising through Harry Potter. He loves Harry mm-hmm, Potter. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, he's just a voracious reader. He loves graphic novels. He loves, like, Zeta the Space Girl. And, yeah. Need to connect Jack and my daughter. 100%. Who is nine. And I think they're yeah, just both. They could have, like, a reading club. Yeah. I, he's an avid reader. And then Mabel, she's my, well, she's going to be in first grade. <laughs> and so it's really fun seeing her, like, find books that she loves. Um She's loves elephant book, and piggy right. yeah. loves uh bu- 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 i mean the wolf the duck and the mouse by oh, mac, mac barnett. barnett is friend of favorite. the international congress right and, <laughs> right in our shared work it yes. is like a favorite my littlest at like two was like memorizing part of that book. oh wow and she would just start to read I just, it's really cute <laughs> of course i think so but you know she's like a light was lit a duck lay in bed like so cute we love books. <laughs> sure. Yeah. And what do you read for yourself? Do you read right. picture books for yourself or do you I read mean, yeah. novels I, and nonfiction and yeah. other things? I get to like read a lot of picture books, especially reading to my kids. But I'm reading some like middle grade stuff right now because I'm like working on an idea for a middle grade, like mm-hmm. highly illustrated mm-hmm. middle grade thing. And so I've been reading that. I'm listening. My first audio book that I've ever listened to, uh, The Remarkable Journey of Coyote Sunrise. It's like a middle grade book. Oh, wow. I don't know that one. Um, I forget his last name. I'm blanking out, but it's a beautiful book so far. Um, but yeah, I mean, I love to read adult books too. Have you read Science Rabbit? Books? I mean, just like fiction. I love like Jasmine Ward. She's like a favorite. Um, but the um, Rabbit Cake, have you read that? No. Who wrote that? I'm blanking out on her name too. Okay. It's 
beautiful recommend recommended for our listeners everybody go read that book it's this beautiful like the main character is this young girl named elvis and like they're like navigating um the mysterious sort of death of her mother and oh it's wow beautiful and I is it a young adult so book no it's no. an adult book yeah it's an adult book okay i'm noting it yeah for a vacation later oh summer. read it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, I will. Uh, we're speaking to Emmy Kastner on The Living Writers Show. Emmy is author and illustrator of Nerdy Babies. Out now, ocean and space. <laughs> Out soon, rocks and weather and later dinosaurs and transportation. Yes. The babies will keep going and they going. <laughs> There's a lot um, to explore. You know, you're an author and an illustrator, and I'm hearing you talk about kind of future projects, mm-hmm. but it seems like you're talking about writing projects. Yeah. Would, would you ever illustrate someone else's book? Have you thought about that? Yeah. I, I mean, there's like my like list of like people I would love to illustrate a book for who I love their writing so much. So that that's out there. Um, so yeah, a right fit. I would totally do that. Um, I have a couple like picture books, like standalone picture books that are floating around my head too. So I have a window coming up of some time that I'm like, okay. But not in the first or second week of August. Right. You're helping me. (laughs) We're doing the international Congress of youth voices. I'm so excited. I'm so excited too. Puerto Rico. I'm glad I get to see you now. I'm going to see you again in even warmer weather. The summer's flying by. Yeah, I know. And it's almost here. <laughs> it's almost here. I mean, I'm so glad you made the drive from Kalamazoo. Oh, I'm grateful. Lovely Thank you so much. I love talking this hour you. with you. It's been wonderful. <laughs> Emmy Kastner. Uh, this is The Living Writer Show on WCBN FM Ann Arbor. And we'll hear the last song you chose for us. Hello. Thank you so much. Thank you. Just the sound of your voice and I 
This is Jad Fair from Half Japanese, and you're listening to WCBN FM Ann Arbor. But there's a place where you can find a restaurant on every corner. A place where you can eat like a king for as little as a dollar. It might be hard to imagine, but this is the same place where the school lunches aren't just delicious. They're themed with palate pleasers like mozzarella stick Mondays, taco Tuesdays, and French Fridays. Heck, even pizza counts as a vegetable here. This is a place where the fast food just keeps getting faster. You can even order delivery right from your video game console. And how's the food, you ask? Well, it is to die for. Don't believe us? Just ask the friends and family of the 300,000 who did last year. Welcome to the state of America. Welcome to Obesity USA. Population 115 million and get bigger by the day. To learn more, go to visitobesity.org. That's visitobesity.org. Brought to you by the Pennington Biomedical Research Foundation. Devil in his youth 